Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Good evening, listeners, brave navigators of the enigmatic and the concealed. Have you ever felt the pull of the unanswered, the allure of the mysteries that shroud our existence? For more than a decade, a unique comic publisher has dared to dive into these mysteries, unafraid of the secrets they might uncover. This audacious entity is Paranoid American. Welcome to the mystifying universe of the Paranoid American podcast. Launched in the year 2012, Paranoid American has been on a mission to decipher the encrypted secrets of our world. From the unnerving enigma of MK Ultra mind control to the clandestine assemblies of secret societies. From the awe-inspiring frontiers of forbidden technology to the arcane patterns of occult symbols in our very own pop culture. They have committed to unveiling the concealed realities that lie just beneath the surface. Join us as we navigate these intricate landscapes, decoding the hidden scripts of our society and challenging the accepted perceptions of reality. Folks, I've got a big problem on my hands. There's a company called Paranoid American making all these funny memes and comics. Now, I'm a fair guy. I believe in free speech uh, as long as it doesn't cross the line. And if these AI-generated memes dare to make fun of me, they're crossing the line. This is your expedition into the realm of the extraordinary, the secret, the shrouded. Come with us as we sift through the world's grand mysteries, question the standardized narratives, and brave the cryptic labyrinth of the concealed truth. So strap yourselves in, broaden your horizons, and steel yourselves for a voyage into the enigmatic heart of the paranoid American podcast, where each story, every image, every revelation brings us one step closer to the elusive truth. Yeah, yeah, I'm down here. I'm down here. And so we're going to talk about dreams and dreaming and maybe even mastering your dreams first yourself. Cause if, cause it seems like if you don't master your own dreams pretty soon, someone else is going to master them for you. So I would get a head start on it now. And today we've got Abby J. We, I call her Dream Master J. She doesn't know that because it's the first time I've ever called her that. But from now on, she's <laughs> going to be Dream Master Jay. So 
first of all, welcome to the show, Avi. You are a fellow Secret Society of Good Guys um, member, right? Like we've already done all the different initiations and everything. So we've got a, a, a good history. So this is a long overdue interview. So first of all, welcome to the show and tell people where to find you. Well, thank you. I You can find me on Instagram. I'm abstract one. I spell abstract with two B's because my name is Abby with two B's. So um, there you can find me on Telegram and Project Cheney chat. And I am doing a I'm a co-host of a podcast with Bootsy Greenwood. It is called Transurfing Safari and always secret society of good guys. Are we supposed to do our handshake here? You know, the secret handshakes uh, do it under the table. So no one sees okay. it. Go with one, three, two, one, go. All right. I'm assuming you did it right. Yeah. I'm assuming you did too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good, go, good call. Cause I did. And I did. Yeah. So, so first of all, I, I started this out talking about dreams, but uh, like, I didn't even know when we first met and we were talking that, that that was even like your thing originally like you already interesting in your own right uh before we get into the esoteric can we start with the mundane and the uh, the one right off the bat is that like you're a freaking bodybuilder like a like a actual like competition bodybuilder right what's what's the backstory with all this um i just kind of i've always you know i was military background just like you so I've always kind of been into fitness, but then, <laughs> but then I had five kids and life got in the way and everything. And so, and then I quit smoking and I kind of got fat and I was unhappy. And I just finally was at the point where I learned reality transurfing. And basically you can choose anything you want, including what you want to look like. And so I knew, I knew how I wanted to look. I wanted to look like a badass. So I went for it. I decided I was going to be a bodybuilder and it's like it hasn't even been two years, but I transformed my entire body and I've competed um, and qualified for a national show. I competed at a national show and this year I'll be competing again at a national show to try to win my pro card. So I've expedited the process, but. So after you conquer that, what's next? Like what's the next uh, reality transurfing expedition? I don't know. I think. Um, to generate enough money where I don't have to work, which you can't do money. Money is like, cause the whole thing is coordination of heart and mind and your heart never understands money. It, it, it understands experiences. So traveling, traveling with my f- good guys and stuff, maybe. So, well, I mean, but that takes money to do, right? So like, right. Yeah, like but that, that would be the experience. So that would be the ho- thing your heart could get behind. It's not the money part that it gets like- behind. When you want to talk about taking the dog out for a walk, but you can't say the word. So like you have to be like, oh, the W-L-A-L. Like you have to like yeah. <laughs> not say the word money in front of your heart. But like even though that's what you're really trying to get to. Like, oh, no, it's yeah. about travel. It's about travel. Yep. <laughs> Having a suitcase and living in the hotel rooms. That's going to be what I. So where where did you start at where you were like, you know, I can change anything. I can control my own reality. Did you read like a book? Did you see the movie The Secret? And that sparked everything. I sorry, well, I, I give you more credit than that. I just I'd say that joke. Yeah, but no, oh, where, I know. Where did well, I think from? we all kind of saw the secret and wanted it to work, but I don't feel like it ever worked. You know, like the whole idea. I was think like, the oh, Indians saw the right. boat. I'm just gonna I'll die on that hill. The Indians saw the damn boat. Don't say that they yeah. didn't. <laughs> and so it, but what it's missing, like 
I actually was just kind of at a dark place in my life. Um, just really depressed and stuff. So I started listening to a bunch of podcasts or not podcasts. I was um, reading self-help books and that just kept talking about meditation. And I was trying to meditate and it was so hard to like sit there and close my eyes and not think about anything. I just couldn't do it. So I started like finding guided meditations on YouTube. And this one YouTuber kept talking about this book, Reality Transurfing. So I was like, what is this book? I feel like I need to read it. So I looked and on Amazon, it was like, $250. I was like, holy shit. You know, then I really wanted to get my hands on it, but I found a (laughs) YouTube reading it, which happened to be, yeah, Bootsy Greenwood was reading it. Um, So it's by Vadim Zeland. He's, uh, he's a Russian quantum physicist. So he does quantum physics, but then he's also like, now he's an author. He wrote reality transurfing and that, that sort of just changed my life because it, changed my paradigm more than anything. It just made me realize like I was always the person getting in my own way. And like when shit wouldn't go the way I wanted it to, it was always me. (laughs) And it wasn't like fate. It wasn't like, oh, I just got the short end of the stick. It was really always me, the person getting in the way. And that the way to change it was so simple and it didn't require you to meditate. It kind of ties into the whole meme magic idea because it's just picking one frame and you just choose your reality based on this one frame. You just live that one moment in your, in your mind, like a clear picture of it and what it feels like. And then you can walk into it and that's, that's all you have to do. So it was so simple that I just started doing it with little things like buying my house, you know, lot lot of things, you know, a lot of little things, but it all added up to, wow, this really works. It's just like magic, but it's really kind of sciencey. And um it was what was missing from the secret. Cause the secret I think emphasizes like importance and emotion and feeling it and all of that, which is fine. You do have to feel it because it's like coordination of heart and mind, but you you don't have to work towards it. You literally just choose. And it's just a moment and then you let it go because if you sit there and harp on it and like put importance on it, you always push it up further away from you because nature always balances. So if I have too much importance, it's going to balance that out by not giving it to me. My, my takeaway like from natural the secret is that like people only starve because they don't want the food enough. And that's yeah. pretty much, that was my takeaway from it. Yeah. Cause desire is actually, but desire pushes sh- shit away from you more than it brings it to you. It's like just choosing that it's your reality and that it can be yours, that it is yours, and then letting it go and letting reality do its thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to get in the way of it. It's just going to happen. And then it does. So that's basically what I did with my body. What were some practical, like, first steps that you took? Like, what were, like, the first, like, few really big steps on that, on that journey? Um, the bodybuilding specifically or like I guess or, the, or anything else that was like a huge endeavor that ended up like that you use this technique where you find a frame and you focus on it. Okay. So I was like at a point in my life where I was rebuilding myself after uh, a bad marriage where I was like economically abused. My credit was horrible and everything and I wanted to buy a house. So I just knew it was probably better than renting, but I didn't think it was even possible. So. But I, after I learned trans surfing, I was like, hmm, well, anything's possible, right? I just have to choose it. So I imagined my goal slide, which was a house. And I just pictured the house, like I pictured the things that I wanted. So it's me doing a walkthrough of a house. I pictured beautiful floors and then 
um, huge backyard with privacy fence. You know, I pictured certain little elements, just not every detail, but enough detail that I could see it. And within six months, I bought a house with zero down payment, you know, and my credit was like very well repaired by that time. It just all kind of fell into place. It was perfect. So if someone does that and it doesn't work out for them, what do you, is it like just pure chance, pure luck? Is there something that they did wrong that they might not know? It's usually putting importance on it or you're trying to control the chain of events. So there are ways that you can control the chain of events, like, um, which we've talked about previously, like the patients of the Medici, but more often than not, you know, when people teach you about like goals and stuff like smart goals, measurable and, you know, break it up into chunks and stuff like that. That's, that's the opposite of what you should do. You really just have to picture it enough, like picture it well enough. And you could add a little bit of emotion, but you're not going to do it over the top. Just do the sensory elements of it. And then you'd only make the first step because I'm not going to sit here and wish for mail. Like, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, I wish I could have the mail. I wish I could have the mail and then never even take a first step out to the mailbox. So, but I'm also not going to like plan every little step out to the mailbox. I'm just going to take the first step and then the rest falls into place. So it's the same thing with manifestation for lack of a better word. You just, you choose and then you make a step and there's no wrong step. (laughs) Reality will fill in the rest. I guess it's but just actually it's making it a real action. Yeah. And if you put importance on anything, like the nature really does just balance itself. So, I mean, you see this with the water cycle, you know, if there's excess amount of heat, then we have, you know, evaporation or whatever, it goes up into the sky. And then when there's excess amount of moisture in the sky, it rains, you know, but we see it with erosion, all of that. It's just a natural law that, you know, anything nature is always going to find balance. So it's with anything in life, anything that I've ever held way too important. Like this is so important to me. This is so important to me. That's usually when shit hits the fan. So the idea is that you choose, you don't put any importance on it because you know, it's already yours. You know, I place the order at the drive through and it's going to come to me. <laughs> or sometimes it doesn't but that's okay <laughs> sometimes yeah. you like pull off to the side and wait and then you just wait there like a jackass for like 15 minutes and then it never actually or they only comes. bring half your order <laughs> yeah yeah that that also can happen and i guess that might be out of your control and that's where like but don't you feel like it's always when the... you're like you're trying to hurry and you don't want to check so it's like you put a lot of importance on it anyway like i'm hungry yeah, really i need to hurry point, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that would be the the best advice too. And like the the worker finally shows up with the food, and it's like not all there, and it's late, and it's cold, and you're just like, you know, you get a little angry and like, hey, don't put so much importance on this, pal. You know what I mean? Just take it. <laughs> it's not a big deal, man. Yeah, it's not a big deal. <laughs> um, it's like, what, can you give like a really short version of the patience of the Medici? Because I think it's a fascinating, and it would be like a four hour introduction but like what's the you know like the the not four hour introduction okay so the idea is the russian dream hackers that we're going to talk about they observed in the dream place john d so they saw him in his library and or actually this guy was a librarian so i think he saw john d in his own library but he followed him to john d's library and john d had a computer in his library and in the computer and and this dream hacker learned that 
in dreams when you can't read because almost always words don't make sense or they keep scrambling in when you're dreaming. So what they figured out is that if you ask the dream to read it aloud to you, any text, it'll read it aloud to you. So Mm. what they did is they use this, the memory palace concept and they found in John D's library, I think on his computer, the page, this way of manipulating cards, a regular deck of cards called the patients, the Medici. And they basically with a, a deck of cards, it'll you with an intention, you fold the cards in a certain way. And when you get them to fold all the way correctly, it gives you a chain of events. And then you have to sit there and mark each event. You you have to write down the events after you, the order of the cards. And then each card represents something like aces are an external event. Queens are personas, like which could be any living thing from an ant to, to, you know, the mailman. So each card represents something, each suit represents something, but you'll watch the chain unfold. And if you keep watching it and you observe it and you mark each card mentally as it happens, you always get your desired end result. It's it's insane, actually, when it happens. Because you can watch the magic happen, you feel it. It's thick and it's like... It's, it's the most hardest thing to explain because as it's happening you're like there's no way there's no way that me picking up this painting on the ground just now like was was you know related to me getting my wish but it all is like everything falls into place at exact right moment and then all of a sudden the impossible is possible and, and whatever you're manifesting happens and it might be a little bit weird like um where i learned it from in the example they did it to win a lot like a scratch lottery ticket and the guy's hoping he's going to win a lot of money because he knows that this is magic. He's It's been verified by people that he trusts. And he does his first chain and he goes and he gets a scratch ticket and he wins $5. So he doesn't win it big, but he won. You know, it did work. Uh-huh. So he was like, yes, I'm going to hit the jackpot. So, you know, it might not be like as big as you think it's going to be, but it could be bigger than you think it's going to be. So it's pretty wild. So yeah, so that's the deep end version. So there's a few, there's a few specific concepts that I really think are interesting to walk back from that one. So you first you mentioned the memory palace, but you're also talking about in a dream and trying to read text. So I'm fairly new to lucid dreaming. Like I've known what it's what it has been for years. Like I remember when I was a, a little kid, I remember one of my friends telling me like. Hey man, have you ever woken up in a dream, but like not woken up in real life and you can like control what happens and like, fl- you know, can fly around. And I just remember thinking like, this kid's an idiot. It's called daydreaming. Yeah, I can do it. Like I'm doing it right now. I'm thinking about flying, you know, and I didn't realize that it was like this whole extra thing and, and shout out to, oh God, I think it's luciddream.org. Uh, I'll put the link in the description just to make sure, but I think it's luciddream.org. Um, but I had like a like a two-hour consultation with them for uh, for free um, to just give me an idea of like what it could all be about. And he gave me some really specific tips and it like completely rocked my world because I have had what I think are lucid dreams prior to all this, but it was just that I would like wake up and have to, you know, get a drink of water, like heard something or whatever, and then go right back to sleep and just actively think like, man, go back to that dream you were just in, like go right back to this spot. And then sometimes it works and it feel it felt a little bit like magic, right? But then 
getting the tools and in particular reality checks. So as do you, so can you explain reality checks? Cause I, I feel like I'm going to butcher it in front of dream master J. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, so reality checks, this is, I learned rea- or lucid dreaming from reality transurfing because it's one of the fundamentals to being a sorcerer. If you're following like the Castaneda way, Carlos Castaneda. So a reality check, he, he tells you, and this is how my first lucid dream was just from doing this 10 times a day. Just ask yourself, am I awake or am I dreaming? And he said, don't just answer the question, look around and, and make sure, you know, or, um, other lucid dreaming techniques are like, try to stick your finger through your hand or mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of different things that you can do. Just looking for your hands is a reality check sometimes, but they say you should do more than two. But all I did was just ask myself if I was awake or dreaming and I would look around and say, I'm awake. And if you do it about 10 times a day at random times of the day, after about a month, you will do it in a dream. And then you'll be like, Oh, I'm dreaming right now. And then usually you're going to wake yourself up on your first dream. Cause you're so excited. Yeah. You can't level it off. And you're like, you'll wake up <laughs> like, ah, yeah. Wasted opportunity. But eventually you're putting too much uh, focus on it. Right. Yeah. Too much importance. Always. So that, that's a great version. And another reality check that, um, that reminded me of to even bring that up is looking at text that if you're out in the regular world and you see like a label on like a can or a product and you look away and then you look back at it again, it'll stay the same if you're in reality. But if you're in the dream world, whenever you see text and a few other things, but text the big one, like if you're walking around, you see text on a building and you look down, you look back up, there's a good chance it'll change or it won't be legible. Like you'll know that it's like a word, but it won't be something that you can read. And that's where I guess this like dream hacking comes into play where it's almost like it reminds me of how people kind of like hack chat GPT or like AI tools where it's like you ask it a question and it tells you, Oh, I I can't possibly tell you that. Like I know, but I can't tell you. So then you just have to find the right way to get to it and it'll eventually tell you. And it's sort of like seeing, Oh, okay. If I'm going to dream and I can't read the text, what if I just ask the dream to tell me what the text says and then it won't change when I, look up and down, but I still know I'm in a dream. I don't know. I, I find that so fascinating. Well, and I did too, because I learned that from dream hacking because I've always had the issue where, but see, I have this problem in reality. So this is why this is not a good reality check for me because on my phone, I feel like I'll sit there and text something out and then I'll look down and it'll say like a series of 12 letters that I didn't even type or maybe I did, but Oh, Siri is trying to listen to me right now. <laughs> so yeah, I guess with uh, with like autocorrect, maybe it can throw off your lucid dream. And that was another tangent that I don't want to forget about is that I I don't think that this is crazy when you talk about the patience of the Medici's and reading these cards because there's this some something I read in the Manly Palmer Hall. I think it was one of his magazine periodicals from like the 20s or 30s, but he made this amazing statement that i can't shake and i feel like there's something so crucial to it that every tool that we've got now for gambling um it used to be some sort of like a like a device for prophecy from the roulette table to the playing cards to dice to dominoes to every single thing that you would go and find in vegas well 
almost everything like in the casinos all of those things used to be very sacred and for almost like the shaman the medicine man the scholars and now it's just for anyone and and worse than for anyone like it's been turned into like almost like a prostitution of these sacred devices where now people look at a deck of playing cards and they're like oh that's what gamblers use that's what people go in and use to bet on money or play games with but really this is like a divination tool and i'll and the reason I was even bringing this up is that one of the number one things that you're not supposed to do in Vegas is card counting. And it's so bad that like you'll get kicked out of casinos if they think you're doing it, which is so weird to me because it's like, I'm not allowed to like have my own memories and then use my life experiences in the con. It's such a weird rule. But if you think about if, if there's like an intent to take these tools of divination and prophecy and make them into like silly, fanciful, you know, profane things that people use to get rich and like lose their lives over, then you don't want people card counting. But maybe it's because like this dream hacking, like this is this sounds like dream card counting. And who would want you to have access to being able to control and see kind of the script made some, I'm just, I mean, I'm out on a wild limb here, but maybe part of the reason that that Vegas hates card counting so much is because they don't want you to do it in this reality. Cause if you do it in the dream reality, it might unlock something that you're not supposed to know about. Well, and that's the fascinating thing about when you are lucid dreaming, the dream is constantly trying to put you back to sleep. So you could wake up in a dream and realize you're dreaming and then you're controlling it. But if you don't, if it's so hard to control your focus and not fall back to sleep and think that, you know, like you lose your consciousness. So what I always have to do and, and some lucid dreamers make fun of this, but I don't really care because it's, it's a great tool. So Carlos Castaneda tells you like his way to wake up in a dream was to tell you to look for your hands, just kind of have the intention to look for your hands in a dream because you will always see your hands in a dream. You always are reaching for something or, you know, driving or you're using your hands in some way. What if you don't have hands in real life? Well, then what do you use? Your feet? Do you dream about hands? (laughs) (laughs) uh, Well, blind people dream. I, I knew a lady who was a blind lucid dreamer. How would how would she know what her hands look like though? I don't. She would know what they feel like. So I don't think she actually had visions when she dreamt, but she would. What have if you dreams. were blind and you had no hands? <laughs> so um, I, 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 I pick things Keller? apart. That's a bad habit. <laughs> no, I liked it. I liked when you said that on Secret Society of Good Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Um, so you were saying uh, Carlos Castaneda said that you can look for your hands in a dream and that's one of the ways to somehow like stay in the dream without losing consciousness? Well, it's really just a way to become lucid because you'll find your hands and then you'll realize you're dreaming because usually your hands will look weird and it reminds me of the whole AI thing because like the first time I did it, my hands, my fingers were fused together right there. I was like, oh, weird. You know, but it also anchors me now. So when I want to stay lucid and I want to experiment in the dream state, because some people are like, Oh, I lucid dream all the time, but it's so boring, but there's endless potential there. So it shouldn't be boring. You have to have a kind of a running list of things you want to try, but that's crazy to I me to like, think that it's boring. Cause it, the second you think that the second you realize you're in a dream, you can just be like, and I'm flying. Like, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, wh- how could that ever be boring that you're in a flying lucid is dream? so fun. It's the best feeling. That, well, I did have one where I got bored, but I did a lot of the Robert Wagner experience experiments, and I, have I just no don't idea think what that, that is they or what that means. 
he wrote this book, I think called lucid dreaming. And he had some experiments like ask for your, your soul tone. And then you'll hear like a sound. And I guess everyone, he said that he asks always have this uh, sound of mine. It was like, beep, you know, it wasn't that exciting. Um, he said to like go behind the dream. When I went behind the dream, I broke it. And then I was kicked out of lucid dreaming for a long time. <laughs> like I wasn't How allowed exactly- to. How exactly does that happen? Like, what does going behind the dream mean? Like, is is this like Super Mario 3 where you crouch on the white block for three seconds and then you're behind the stage? It, it would be cool if it was, but no, it's... It, it was really the most sad and disappointing thing I've ever done, and I wish I wouldn't have done it because I feel like I pissed off the dream program. But I asked to see what was behind the dream, and what happened was I started free-falling through what kind of felt like the sky. And then I just did the soft landing and all there was was blue light and there was nothing. That's all there was. And I was just sitting there in this blue light, nothing. That was all. It was so falling through the stage in a 3d game. Yeah. Because basically what happens is, so when you're lucid, you have, the dream has like five scripts, like the dream characters, they're characters. They're like characters in a play. So you interact with them, but they have loops. So they have like a certain things that they're allowed to say to you and to try to get you back on track to get you dreaming or sleeping again, like unconsciously dreaming. But when that doesn't work and you ask a question that throws them off of their loop, like this would be like interacting with a Disney character and, you know, they have their certain things that they're supposed to do at Disneyland. But if you say something random, that's like out of whatever they have been programmed to their programmed response, it's, they can't improv. So you can ask a dream character, like, do you know who you are? And they usually do this. They go, and I had one whose eyes rolled up into his head, his face like crumpled, like a, like a, aluminum can and then he fell back and like was dead it was the craziest thing i killed a dream character because i asked if he knew who he was it was like a a tim burton movie yeah that's what it looks like just like a tim burton movie it was wild so 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 don't so tip one don't ask your dream npcs if they know who they are or or is that a good thing yeah, do, do it, it because the because you have the potential to find actual dreamers in the dream realm. So that's the way you know. If it the answer is like okay, because you could ask them, do you know that I'm dreaming right now? And they'll just look at you like But if you ask them if they know who they are, that will tell you if it's a real person or not. So so you're saying that it's possible to be in a lucid dream and meet someone else that's also in a lucid dream, but it's a real person. Is there is there ever been an instance where like two people like looked each other up in the real world that met in the dream world and documented it? Or is it more like a like a woo-woo thing? It sounds really woo-woo, but the dream hackers have done all of this. It started with Carlos Castaneda, but so they are they were a Russian group of they were ITs. They all were actual like computer people and they got hired by an outside source to look in and research everything dream related. So they got deep into everything that they could find. And really most, most of the literature that came on lucid dreaming and some of the first 
literature ever on lucid dreaming was from Carlos Castaneda. So they got deep into the Carlos Castaneda books and they applied hacking to to what Carlos Castaneda taught. So it was almost like streamlining what he had learned for years through um through a shaman. But and everybody thinks Carlos Castaneda is full of shit, but if you ever try his lucid dreaming stuff, it all works. And that that's where I started with him. I started with the art of dreaming and it I'm convinced that is all real. <laughs> Well, people and, that that claim that that he was full of shit are mostly because the some of the books were phrased as if he like actually went and met a real medicine man at this exact place, this exact time, which I think is kind of silly, just because the story's not about like where the car parked and you know what plot of land that they did this on. That's I mean, I guess I guess if that's it's all metaphysical. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it, so weird to be like that never happened. It's like okay, man, we're talking about things that are happening in like a celestial dream realm. Like who? Yeah. Are, I don't know. It's it's a weird criticism. I've I've heard it. I've seen it. I think it's more about people that approach it as if Carlos Castaneda had some sort of documented insight with like a real medicine man and was trying to report on it as like an academic peer-reviewed thing. But that's not what it was. My no, opinion. his first book. His first book was. And and it was it was written as his dissertation, but this is not Don Juan, right? Yeah, and after that, all of his books are almost fr- like from his field notes and his memories. You know, just memories that com- maybe came up later because he was in a a state of heightened awareness. So, anyway, the dream hackers, the Russians love Carlos Castaneda, all the Russian mystics. So even Vadim Zeland, the r- reality transurfing, it came from Carlos Castaneda's work. And through that, that's how I found the dream hackers. But really I found their, the dream hackers wrote, one of the dream hackers wrote a two book series called dream searchers. And it's, it's fiction, but it tells you that it's based on all real events and the dream hackers are real. They dream hackers is the correct. Do they call themselves dream hackers? Yeah. They call themselves dream hackers. So the books are called dream searchers though. So does it sound cooler in Russian or do they, do they call themselves dream hackers in English? <laughs> um, I think it's in English, they're dream searchers and in, in Russian it's dream hackers. I think it's okay. when they translated the books to English because they're not translated very well, but they're still awesome. They're very powerful. Lots of good concepts and magic in them, including the patients, the Medici. That's, it took me and a, a group of people who read the books together to figure it out, like how to to fold the cards because you won't find anything in English at all on how to do it. So they, but basically they applied the, the concepts taught there and they, well, they used actual hacking techniques to kind of, um, what's the word? Like to cut time out of the process pretty much. (laughs) But they learned that they they have dream meetups, like and I created a space with a group of friends that were also dreamers. They just weren't lucid dreamers, but we put conscious intention on creating a space, and we each chose like an item that would be at this space. And so I was the first one to lucid dream, the only one to lucid dream, and I I had this space. I put all their stuff in it. It was ready to go, but nobody ever made it there to meet me. Oh, like setting up for the party, like they don't ever show up for the party. 
is what's the delineation between a dreamer and a lucid dreamer? Is there an implication that you could be none of those? Like you're in like a third or a fourth category? Because I would assume everyone would fit into one of those two, no? Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of people think that they don't dream and or they don't remember. It just means you don't remember it, right? Yeah, usually, or you blocked your dreaming off because of a traumatic experience. And so you can actually fix that. I helped a friend who's dreaming. She stopped dreaming in like 1981 because she had this crazy nightmare. She remembered her la- her last dream. But I did a shamanic dream reentry with her and we went through and kind of healed what was happening there. We did, we figured out why she had stopped her dreaming based on her last dream that she remembered. And she's able to dream now. She doesn't dream like she was, but she is dreaming. So was it, was it without getting into personal details? Was it caused by a real life trauma or like a a complete dream trauma? It was, it was real life trauma and it was, I, it was a real life trauma, but the dream we had to go into it and like, she had this murky pond and she was really afraid of it. So when I did this reentry with her, I was like, well, you got to reach into the water. And she was really afraid to do it. And she's, I was like, okay, well then what would make you feel safe? Like gloves? She's like, if they go up to my armpit. So she imagined herself putting on gloves and then she reaches in the water. And I expect her to pull out a piranha or something like that, or some kind of, you know, and it was like some kind of weird three-dimensional shape that had tentacles and everything. But when she pulled it out, it was associated with a memory. And so she remembered what had happened because at the end of the dream, she had a mangled seal. So it was like this, she sealed off her dream because the dream uses words in all their context. So if you see a seal, it could actually mean like a seal, like a stamp, you know, or sealing the door off. So she had sealed the door off. So I knew just by, I made her kind of tell me the dream before and I wrote it down and took notes. And then I found words like that. Okay. The seal was at the end of the dream. She sealed it off. She sealed off her dreaming at that point. So we were able, but based on what we pulled out of the murky water, we were able to kind of go through and heal the memory because I do, I do Reiki and trauma healing for people too. So that was kind of, it, it was a three-step process, but we did it and it was pretty awesome. Is there, do you have any tips for remembering dreams for like people that, uh, cause there's been times too, where personally, like I woke up and I remember that there was like a, something cool happening, but every second that I go by that I'm not remembering it, it just keeps going further and further away until it might have not have happened at all. Yeah. I feel, I feel like it's kind of like one of those little sand hourglasses and it's like, if you don't catch it, then it's, the sand's not, you know, you want to keep it in the middle somewhere, but the biggest tip is before you go to bed, have the intention, like I'm going to remember my dreams. So you start there because that's how that you can actually choose your dreams without even being lucid. If you set an intention before you go to sleep. So if you have something you want to dream about, like, um, I got offered a job and I didn't know if I wanted it or not. I didn't know how I felt about switching because I was pretty happy at my job. So I asked my dreams to kind of, to give me insight. And that, that night I had a dream that they offered the job to somebody else and I didn't get it. And I was really upset. So I knew that that my higher self wanted the job. So I took the job the next day. So you can set intentions like that, but you can do it also just to remember your dreams. So then when you wake up in the morning, if you don't remember right away, like if you can't, if you don't remember at all, right when you wake up, 
just say, I'm something's going to happen today and I'm going to remember my dreams. And it might not be till seven o'clock at night, but you'll have a conversation and somebody will say something random. You're like, oh, I remember my dream. Or you can write it down. You can write down, I will remember my dreams at some point today. And just writing that statement, it's it's intention. It's like to me, this is like true magic. And I don't consider myself more than 10% woo-woo. Like I might get I might get there on the right night. I might get to like 9% woo-woo, but usually i I stay very far away from it. But there's one thing that has always blown my mind and I can't explain it other than just, you know, our brains are way more complex than we give them credit for. But for the longest time, starting with when I was in the military, but like 10 years out. I could just, before I would go to sleep, I could say, you need to get up by 6 a.m. or you need to get up by 8 a.m. or you need to get up by whatever. And and I'm not just saying like once every once in a while. It was like whenever I did that to myself, I would get up at like 5.59 a.m. Like the alarm wouldn't even go off. Like I would be awake in time to shut it off, which was also awesome because I think there's a difference between naturally waking up versus being woken up by an alarm so like that's why i was like man this is so cool like it keeps happening and i don't i don't think i trained myself to do it i think it's really just at some point the body once it gets into a solid circadian rhythm you can sort of tell it like hey same time or like hey in this relative amount of time from now do this thing so when i started learning about memory techniques one of those things about i mean i always get to the store and then i forget you know what i was supposed to pick up unless I write it down and then that doesn't work out for me either because then I would like forget the list at home or whatever you always know what I mean? every time but, yeah exactly and maybe it's like putting too much intent right like putting too much yeah. focus on it uh, but one of the things that that it um suggested was that just like as you think about the things you need just sit down and imagine yourself like as you're pulling up to the store or as you're walking into the store you're not there you're like imagining yourself walking to the grocery store and then just imagine yourself picking out all these different things or when you hear the ding or when you get like touched like feel the cart in your hands all of a sudden you just see all the things that have to be in your cart and if you can visualize that and then you can just go to sleep and not even think about it again and then when you actually get to the grocery store and you park and you hear that ding and you feel the car, like all of a sudden, like your whole list just kind of pops up without you necessarily having to try to do it. Like, I, I like what you're saying about you kind of set all the things up and then just take that first step and then just let everything else kind of flow into it. It sounds so woo woo, but like I've, I personally have seen it work for decades. It, it sounds woo woo. And then I have other people who are like, well, that just sounds like goal setting. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not sitting here like writing down every single process. I'm literally just choosing what I'm choosing the goal. And then, and not even saying I wish or I want, because that that's the big, the big phrase is that I wish or I want implies you don't have it. So just, it also implies that you're waiting for some external source to like deliver it to you. Yeah. But if you think of reality, like a mirror and you keep looking at the mirror, you go, I want to look different. I want to look different. What's going to happen? Nothing. But if you like intend to look different, then I can change the mirror, you know, and all I have to do is, or what is reflected back to me is intent and making the first step. I I like that response too, where someone's just like, yeah, that's called goal setting or it's another popular one, um, which I also kind of 
subscribe to here and there but like when they talk about law of attraction it's just like yeah it's called like under like having like a clearly defined thing as opposed to just a vague like feeling of i want to feel this way as opposed to but uh at, at that same time like i really feel like this stuff works in a non-woo-woo way uh, but it's yeah. it's not because of just intent. And it's the exact same way that when I was a kid and my friend was telling me about lucid dreaming and I was like, yeah, it's called daydreaming, you idiot. Like there's a difference. Like like he's just, <laughs> like we're both describing similar things, but it's not the same thing. Like I was thinking about being like actually conscious and like not in a dream state and he meant in a dream. But that's kind of that same response of like, yeah, goal setting. Well, it's not it's not the same as goal setting because goal setting could happen with you like memorizing and rote memory and writing it down and doing like even when you were mentioning that sometimes the best way to get to a step isn't to break it down into all these little chunks which is a a natural way that we've all been taught to like chunk things in uh sometimes that like you can get lost in the sauce doing that you can't it's kind of like the metaphor have you heard the one where the three monks are all they're blind and they're each one is feeling a different part of an elephant. Like one's at his tail, one's at his, or one's at his trunk, one's at a leg, you know, one's at the ear, one's at the legs. Like this is like a tree stump. And, you know, this is definitely a tree stump. And the other guy is holding onto the trunk and he's like, oh no, this is a snake, man. Like they're all feeling, they're, none of them are wrong, but they're only getting a part of the picture. And I just, that's how I see it is that everybody thinks that when you start talking like this, that it's woo, but it really, it, it goes back to the whole, you know, particle theory, like the part particle versus waves or whatever the observer effect. So it's what you observe and what you focus your attention on is what well, I think that's see. a big difference. Cause a lot of the, like, I think there's a big propensity of the woo woo stuff. It's easily like, like regurgitatable. Like someone can say something woo woo that they experience themselves so it's really profound and it really has that meaning. But then someone just likes the way it sounds and they like, oh, like I, I can relate to that. And then they say it, but they didn't actually have the experience. And then someone else hears them say it. And it turns into this weird thing where like the saying it and relating to it almost takes the place of actually experiencing it. And I think that's where woo woo goes wrong where it's like a lot of it comes from some kind of a place of truth, but then people just regurgitate like the what the person felt like what they said they felt like as they were experiencing the truth and they never repeat the truth part just like the feeling of the truth part and that's so that's why i like reality transurfing because i was like you i was not woo -woo at all like i thought it was all bullshit you know and it really because of his quantum physics background it was able to get into my subconscious and like, Oh, this is possible because he's talking to the science part of my brain. That's that's also a logical fallacy appeal to authority and just throw that out there. (laughs) There you go. But it worked, you know? I mean, so, so where did you first come across dream hackers in particular? Did it, was it mentioned in this book or did you find like a weird discord channel that was trying to sell you Bitcoin? Like, how did you get there? So weird because my very first podcast was with Bootsy Greenwood and I was on lucid dreaming because I reached out to him. He was kicked out of the reality transurfing community after being like the voice of reality transurfing. Really? So, yeah. Okay. We have and, to talk about that more in a second. Keep going. <laughs> okay. So 
Because to me, he was kind of like a little celebrity. He had read the audiobook, put it on YouTube. And because of him, I was able to start changing my life. So when he got kicked out of this community, I finally reached out. I was like, hey, what happened? And so then we had a conversation. And then he invited me to be on his podcast. And we talked about lucid dreaming. And um, I forgot what the question was. <laughs> well, Sorry. yeah, I, I want to know how you got specifically into the dream hacker, the Russian dream hackers oh. out of all this. Okay. So oddly enough, he wasn't a dreamer. But he said, oh, have you, you know, read these, these fiction books called The Dream Searchers? And I was like, what? No, tell me more about it. So he did. I ordered the books and it, I, my mind was blown because even, you know, reading the part about the patients of the Medici, um, it, it reminded me of a game of solitaire I was taught by my aunt when I was a kid. And, and it's not the same as a Medici solitaire or the patients is or patient solitary. It's not even close to the same, but um, I was able to kind of sort of figure it out. And I know I wanted to learn more, but there was all these other concepts in the book that were just like, they were just mind blowing. So, so yeah, he recommended these books and that's where I found them. And then through, through Bootsy, we started a dream coven is what he called it. And a dream coven experiment where we got several people you guys are going straight to hell. Sorry. I just have to break are. it to you. You're going, <laughs> you guys are going to burn for eternity. I hope it's worth it, but go, go ahead. I'd rather be hot than cold. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we invited this you know, group of people and we all, you know, hacked the dream hackers, the dream searcher stuff. And in the process, I met a friend who is from Germany, but he's Lithuanian. And so he's like, hey, you know, have you ever heard of, you know, this book? I think it's by M. Fortune. And, but it's all in Lithuanian. And Google Translate doesn't want to translate in America to from Lithuanian. So I couldn't translate it. I, I got a copy, a PDF copy of this book. Um, but he took the time and he started translating it for me. And so he shared it with me and because the, the dream searchers are based on actual people who are dreamers. Like, have you ever seen the OA? I haven't. I, I might try it again. I mean, I, I tried to, and I couldn't get, I was like, it was, it was like so much third party cringe as I was watching it, I just felt embarrassment for, I don't know, maybe it was just me and the, the mood I was in when I first watched it. I, I there was a, there's a good meme. I just have to throw out there. There's a really good clip where like there, uh, it, it shows them like dancing or something in like a cafeteria. And yeah. it, it's just, it's just like a 10 second clip. And then someone wrote like, I take it back. I want them all to die now. And that's kind of how I felt as I was watching this. Just like, I don't oh, care what your story is. Just let them take these people out with their TikTok band. I'm sure there's something like cool to that scene, but I'll, well, I'll rewatch what's it. What's cool about it is that it is all based on the dream hackers. It's, it's based on, nobody knows this. Everybody who's really? popular mainstream people who've watched us don't know what I know. I watched this show before everybody else and I started freaking out like because they were doing the motions that they're doing and stuff. They're actually doing Carlos Castaneda concepts, which is called, really? um, yeah, he calls it tensegrity, but it's, um, but Don Juan called it, what does he call him? Um, I can't think of the word, but, but these, these movements are important and they've been you know, around since the Toltec time and stuff. So I'm not saying that they're doing the exact right movements, but that's what it's conceptualizing. And the reason why I know is that, you know, time isn't, 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu linear. Everything is related. The dream space, you can do anything. You have unlimited possibilities and you can change everything in this reality oh, from that side. I, I feel like I would be really disappointed if I like got into the, the back of the dream Wizard of Oz station and everyone was like doing flash mobs. I just think I'm never dreaming again. You guys can have this crap. <laughs> um, it's really because you have these dormant, you know, you know, like the chakra system and stuff in your body and everything sets woo woo, but that's science based too. Those are like bundles of nerves in your body and they, they bundle up in certain areas and they're, you know, energies like focal points. So you have these dormant areas all over your body that we don't use anymore. Like, like between your fingers and stuff. So you have stored up energy in these places. And so when you do like certain moves, like you're activating and they do like stuff where they flick and they do like weird stuff, you know, and everything's like with really stiff um, tendons and everything, but doing all these moves, they actually free up energy and they help you stir up your intent so you can be more magic, you know? So in school, did anyone ever do this one to you where you like, you like, look, you, you, one person puts their hand this way, the other person, <laughs> the vagina hand. <laughs> I mean, is that not a way of, of using the otherwise dormant energy in the body? You are because who who does anything with the webbing of their fingers there? You know. Well, that's the last time I can think of it was was doing yeah. like when you got a little peek. Yeah, <laughs> got a little peek. <laughs> so they're doing that. That's what that's what that is. They're doing tensegrity. That they're called power. Of, I forget what it is, but but between that and then they're sitting there whispering. There's this part where they're recording people's dreams. These people are getting paid to go into this warehouse and sleep in a bed. And then they sit there and they wake up and they whisper into these little machines. They 
they recall their dreams and then they go home and they're getting paid to do this. Well, this is all real. This all really happened. It happened in Russia. These dream searchers, when they were hired to do all this dream research, that was part of what they did. They opened up several locations and they paid people to come in and, and tell their dreams. So the OA is all Castaneda and dream hacker stuff. Somebody, the people who wrote that are, they know what's up. So it, there's a lot more truth to it than anybody even knows. What about Inception? Do you have any thoughts on that movie? Yeah, because you can literally show up in other people's dream space. They can show up in yours and I've had commercials in my dreams. So it's already being incepted. What was the commercial for? I don't know. I was so mad because I, I was pissed because I knew it was foreign. It wasn't supposed to be there. And so I was yelling at the dream because I was lucid dreaming. And so then I started hit, it was on the television screen. So I started hitting the television screen because it wouldn't stop. I was like, stop. I was on the dream to stop because, you know, it's my dream. It wouldn't stop. And so then I started punching the TV and the dream got like upset. It was like, it said ow or something. It was, it was like, dude, I'm not, it's not my fault. Like I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And I'm like, you heard the TV not. and it said ow. <laughs> yeah, it did. And it it said <laughs> it it was basically like it was upset because I was, you know, hitting it, but I was upset because I, I don't need advertisements in my dream. That's my space, you know. Well, not my space. That that belongs to Tom. <laughs> yeah, so, it does. So when when I opened this up, I was not hitting around when I said like it's better for us to have control over our own dreams because someone else will take control of it for us. And part of that is because of this uh, site that I came across recently. So I saw someone posting about it on Twitter. It's probably vaporware, but may, it might also not be. And even uh, Dream Master J here was like, this is totally something that I would buy. So what it's being pitched as, uh, and I'm not endorsing this, by the way, this is, this is more of a curiosity. Neither am I. <laughs> they claw and don't buy this. And if if you do buy it, wait at least until I get an affiliate code first, and then you can buy it, and then I'll endorse it. For real. But it says it's a non-invasive neural device to stabilize and induce lucid dreaming. The most advanced neurotechnology wearable crafted to facilitate exploration of the unconscious mind. This wearable leverages state-of-the-art neurostimulation system replicating the neuroactivation patterns typical of natural lucid dreaming. Now, I'll, I'll summarize this because uh, I, I actually went and I read through like, okay, I get all the buzzwords. What's it actually doing? So what it's doing is, and I'm going to oversimplify this and get mo most of it wrong. 99% of this is going to be wrong, but 1% is going to be slightly accurate. And it, it basically, they've patterned what uh, brain waves and what sort of responses and frequencies people respond to while they're lucid dreaming and they pass that through AI. So now AI has done all the pattern matching of like, here's what a successful lucid dreamer does and, and how their body reacts uh, while they're in this lucid dreaming state. And then they put that into a device and then they have the device try and maybe replicate some of those things um, that the lucid dreamer is going through. So for example, if the lucid dreamers like pulse, I'm just again oversimplification. I'm just making crap up as I go here. But if like your certain pulse or your heart rate or the the skin elasticity or the moisture content, these are all things that we measure when someone's doing uh, like a truth detection sort of thing, uh, like analysis. All these things that they analyze called uh, biofeedback, I believe. 
And if you can take the biofeedback and like almost subconsciously apply it so that you've got like a feedback loop unconscious, right? It shows like a person here dreaming. So when you're asleep, maybe they can, I don't know, like do like a little haptic feedback or like tiny little shocks that you don't feel, but you perceive that will replicate the same sort of motions that someone that lucid dreaming is going through. That's how I understand this. There's a bunch of different stuff in here, but where my mind immediately went to is like, yeah, this is being pitched as take control over your own dreams. But also what if someone just like kidnaps you and straps you down and puts this thing on your head uh, without you wanting it to be there. And they just start like, you know, sending someone going through Freddy Krueger nightmares and patterning that on top of you where you, you don't get to opt into this thing. So I feel like, man, we're in a scary place where this is right around the corner. It's scary because you know, the dream space is so it's, I think it's where creation starts. I think everything is created on that end of reality. Cause it, it's also real and people don't think that they're like, Oh, it's just a dream, but it, it's not just a dream because think of any memory from your childhood, you know, any memory and tell me that it's as clear when you recall it as a dream, like, when you're experiencing a dream, it's not like a memory. It's an actual place and you actually have sensory experiences and you're actually seeing things. You're not recalling them like a memory. Memories are never as clear as an actual dream. So this is an actual place that you're experiencing. So if it is an actual space and it's endless potential, I mean, how, how many genius breakthroughs, almost every single one came from a dream. Almost like, all the ones that I can think of, the the double stranded helix is one of my favorite examples. Uh, either a dream or LSD or potato potato. Yeah, because they all have access to the dream space. It's not necessarily you don't have to be a dreamer to access it. They in reality, transurfing he calls it the space of variations or the alternative space because it's where every past, present, or future and every possibility in between exists. So anything that you want on this side of reality, you just have to, you know, kind of highlight the sector of of the dream space and pull it into reality by choosing it. So that's that's really the the biggest concept of it. And it does sound woo-woo. But when you really start to think about it, almost every scientific break breakthrough or in art or music or whatever it's all your musings all come from the dream space even how, if you're just even if you're just daydreaming how realistic do you think it is in inception where they extract like a password out of somebody's dream like do you think you could get that specific to like find out what yeah. your your bank pin code is yeah the dream hackers yeah i've actually had dreams where i woke up feeling kind of freaked out because i know i gave information and I don't know who I gave it to. So the dream hackers actually were after they did all this research and were hired by this private industry, they realized the potential for all this because they started applying it to their own lives. And then they were wanted by every, you know, three letter society there was KGB, CIA, whatever. And they do work with the Americans sometimes, but it's usually like, um, they usually owe each other favors is what it is. So, but a lot of them have been arrested and spent a lot of time in jail. They've also broken each other out of jail because you can actually physically move your body. It's very difficult to do, but they know how to do it. So yeah, inception is a thing. What They've do you done mean it a lot. Move your they, body? Like, like another person's body. No, you can move your own body 
through the dream state. Like, so they've actually, like the example that they give in the book is that one of their people got arrested and this has happened to them on many occasions. They'll get arrested because they're doing some crazy stuff. And it's not just the, you know, KGB and stuff like that. It's, it's like what they call the legionnaires. So I'm pretty sure whether it's the legionnaires or the cabal, whatever you want to call it, this is high magic. People want it. They want the abilities that the dream hackers have. And so they've had to like go and physically in the dream state, find one of their people in the dream state. And then they pulled them back. Um, they can't bring their clothes and they always have to put them in a really cold bathtub, like cold water. And it, it's, it takes a huge physical toll on a person's body. But you oh, can are we talking about like relocate. teleportation? Yeah, they can actually open portals and shit. It sounds, it sounds so out there until you start really like looking at the potentials of it all. And what I shared that book with you, <laughs> you'll just have to start looking at it. It's kind of wild. They put it all on forums. So the dream hackers stuff is in this book that was in Lithuanian, but it's all on internet forums because they've been teaching dreaming for since the nineties, since this, this group, the core group started doing this. Now there's other factions of the group, but they, they teach all of it. At what point do you think like corporates, uh, like corporate espionage and things like start occurring or do you think it's already been happening? Cause that's kind of the premise of inception, right? Is yeah. that at a certain level, it's like corporate. It's not just people guessing Abby's password. They're trying to figure out like the guy that runs Walmart's password. Since the nineties, because that's what that, that's what this team was hired to do. More or less. Is this, is this matrix too? Cause I get the feeling of whenever one of them would do something in the simulation and then all of a sudden all the NPCs are like noticing them and get like aggressive with them. Is that kind of what we're talking about in like the lucid dream state is when like the dream people know that, you know? Yeah. And they do like, cause if, um, next time you have a lucid dream you said you think you've lucid dreamed now right or i know, I know for you. a fact that i have yeah. a handful of times now uh after like like actively trying to do it and and doing all and the biggest one was like you were saying right before you go to sleep you just constantly say to yourself for you know five at least five to ten minutes you're just like there's going to be a lucid dream tonight you're going to remember everything you, i don't ever think about what it's going to be about just that there will be one and that you will remember it and it seems to work and then the other big tip was that the second you wake up and gain consciousness don't get up don't move don't do anything just sit there and try and mm -hmm. remember every little detail you can and the more i started doing that the more i experienced it now it went away entirely uh because i don't know why and i haven't tried to like flex that muscle again but i know that i can chantillier's principle like it's the idea that you basically have pushed up against this glass ceiling so hard that it's trying to restructure itself to, and kick you out, which is what I did. I actually lost lucid dreaming for almost a year because I went behind the dream and I basically, I broke the system. I didn't know what to do with me. So I was like, nope, privilege revoked. So. You think you're still dreaming? You just don't remember? Or you, or you were dreaming, you just weren't able to lucid dream? Yeah, I was still dreaming. I just wasn't lucid dreaming. And that, it felt like a punch to my gut because I was doing all this crazy stuff. Like I, I literally found my physical, but this is one of the gates of dreaming in the Carlos Castaneda series is to find your body, your physical, because 
your dream body is different, which is kind of ties into the whole um, dream paralysis stuff too. Cause I think that Rosicrucianism too. Okay. But I think the dream paralysis demon might be your dream body. It's just not very perfected because Don Juan says the whole point of dreaming is to find and perfect your energy body. So you're initially, when you first start lucid dreaming, you just found your, your dreaming body, but it's not perfect yet. And you start, you see that when your fingers are fused together. And I started noticing it because I'll have lucid dreams where I'm blind and I have to like consciously tell the dream, no, I'm going to see. And then I can see, but I might only be able to see for like a, a foot in front of my hand. But one of the things that you're supposed to do is find your physical body with your, with your dreaming body. And it sounds so wild, but, and I never really know ahead of time what I'm going to do in a lucid dream. I just kind of have this whole, oh, I could try that. Oh, I could try that. So I have this whole mental list and then all of a sudden I'm there and I'm doing one of the things. And so this one night I was like, find your body, find your body. So I go and I felt myself in my, in my bedroom, I grabbed my shoulders with both hands and I couldn't see my my energy body was blind, but I could feel my physical body. And I sat there and I shook myself like this and I could feel myself shaking myself and I could feel myself on the bed also doing shaking. It was so weird because I felt myself in both places at the same exact time. And I did it. I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't think you're supposed to try to wake your body up. So that part I did wrong, but it was really freaking awesome. Like, and then I'm telling people about it and I feel like everybody was haters and they were like, Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Hum- like, they're like, let this chick humble awesome. bragging. Yeah. Do you think you can like, die in a dream and, and have it be like bad or do you just wake up? Like, is there a version where something can like permanently damage you because of something that happens in the dream world? Yeah. I mean, I've died in dreams. It's not a big deal. Like, except that I, I was pissed every time I've died in a dream, I'm pretty pissed off, but there are, you know, it's not without risk. And that's what people don't tell you. Carlos Castaneda did. And the dream hackers tell you it, it's not without risk because you can literally go to other realms, other planets. You can wake up in another reality. It's like, it, it's the space of variation. So you can end up in another reality tunnel and not wake up as Thomas anymore. You can wake up as, I don't know, potentially anyone. In another, I mean, as long as they're living their best life, people, yeah, you know. But yeah, the whole idea is that I mean, you can die there. You might not ever come back to your physical body. I think sometimes that's why people are like catatonic; they're lost in another world. Have you ever used supplements for lucid dreaming? Because I know there's like a list of different yeah. ones and th- this gets into like total pseudoscience but some's real science um there's this one called clary dream and it was kind of expensive and i didn't like it because you what it, what it does is it there's the wake induced lucid dreaming technique where mm-hmm. you wake up at a certain time and you get up for about 20 minutes so like you get up go to the bathroom you know put your dog out whatever you got to do but then you go and lay back down with the intention like you were saying the intention to go back into a lucid or to go into a lucid dream and it works really well but this clary dream you you would take at that time and then go lay back down but i didn't like it because it keeps you very much on the edge like you you're very wired almost 
to where you're sleeping, but you are very, very, very lightly sleeping, but it worked. Okay. But 5-HTP and I, I happened to have it, but I had somebody recommend it in a clubhouse room. And he had said, you know, take 200 milligrams of 5-HTP every night and it will, you know, help you to lucid dream. Shoot, I should buy some of that. <laughs> Reminder. That's a great idea, actually, because because my understanding and I'm not a um, doctor yet because I haven't put myself through the the reality transurfing to become a doctor. But you're close enough. As I understand, 5-HTP isn't necessarily like a like a drug. Like it doesn't affect you directly it just makes 5-htp bioavailable to your system because it's constantly using it uh to produce all sorts of of things and just that there's an abundance of it in your system means that your body has to like go searching or it doesn't have to go uh to the factory and and work as hard in order to produce these like building blocks that's my that's my bumpkin understanding yeah and i will recommend it any day like everybody Everybody who has sleep issues takes melatonin and I never recommend that because that is actually supplementing a hormone and then your body stops making the hormones. So you're actually, it's counteractive. So it's actually compounding your problem. But if you take 5-HTP, it actually helps boost the serotonin levels in your brain, which sounds also counteractive, but it's not. It actually helps balance everything and it helps you to sleep. And you can go into like a good sleep. You wake up really giddy too, like just happy. So it's like a happy, happy supplement. It's good. It's a win-win because it does, after about two weeks, you start lucid dreaming. What, what are the laws on, co- we need to just come up with our own 5-HTP. Like it's, it's a pretty basic fundamental. You throw a cool little packaging on there, a little lucid dreaming pamphlet, you're in business. You shouldn't throw that out there. We should, we should be talking about this in the back channel. Oh, I, I mean, we're pre-recording this. <laughs> I, can, I can just remove it. <laughs> okay well either way <laughs> <laughs> or if somebody wants to do it fine fine yeah, you better not Walker, we're, yeah. we will come after you in the dream world and dream master jay don't fuck around in the dream world that's what's up <laughs> watch out so i want to segment into our next little transition here i already told you what it's about so i'm just going to play it. hey conspiracy buffs i double dare you to take some pcp the paranormal conspiracy probe on your marks get set and go all right zero to ten do you believe in dinosaurs three how about fire breathing flying dragons having ever existed i'm gonna go with ten about bigfoot five Mothman? Seven. Dogman? Because I want to believe it. <laughs> um, honestly, I'm not familiar with Dogman except the children's books, so I'm going to go with one. That's fine. What about the Loch Ness Monster? Ten. What about fairies? Like, like Tinkerbell-style little flying humanoid fairies little humanoids are like what we're talking about like the fae where they could be big and you know all different forms uh actually that's great yeah i mean i want to say little ones first let's let's focus on the tinkerbell style fairies first i think i saw one once so i'm gonna go with nine because i swear i saw one what about i believe in fairies what about like like nephilim style giants ten 
I even believe about, in Titans. What do you think, uh, zero to 10, that we buried Osama bin Laden at sea out of respect for his culture? <laughs> zero. Where you at on Timothy McVeigh was the uh, lone wolf at Oklahoma City? Zero. How about a human being has ever stepped foot on the moon in all of human history? Zero. Is there a moon in space at all? Zero to ten. Oh, that's hard. There's something. So I'll say ten. There's something. Is this a flat earth? Five. Okay, because so the po- I, d- the I don't think it's either there. one. It's a possibility, but I don't think that we'll ever know. And I think that really the real reality is this is all just a simulation. We're in a video game, y'all. What about demons zero to ten? And I don't mean like a, a weird woo-woo, uh, like I'm thinking negative thoughts and, and you know, negatively. No, I mean like there's a freaking evil entity energy that you can tap into and it can, you know, inhabit things. <laughs> 10 only because I've didn't believe in it forever. And then I experienced it and it was scary as shit. So yes, 10. What about angels? I think if you believe in one polarity, you have to believe in the other. So I'm going to go with 10. So, so then does that also imply heaven and hell? I don't think so. I really think those are constructs. What makes heaven and hell a construct, but demons and angels not constructs? Because I think that this is, again, it's a simulation. So, you know, so the idea that I just don't, I just don't think so. I think that that's part of the game and part of the rules of the game and part of what we're supposed to believe is part of the game. I I see this as a game. Extraterrestrials, I'll go the little seven. gray, little the little gray aliens in particular with like the big eyes, like very specifically those dudes. I don't necessarily think they're from outer space, but I'll say seven. What about the Arctic Wall? Do you think there's something beyond the Arctic Wall? Ten. <laughs> uh, all right, let's walk back some of these. So I want to know first of all, this is the of uh, a crazy continuation but people that don't believe in dinosaurs do believe in dragons without fail so i want to understand what your thinking is behind giving i think you gave dinosaurs like a three and dragons a 10 so why why did dinosaurs get a three and dragons a 10 because i've noticed that with mythology in general almost every myth comes from something that was real so I mean, we've seen this repeated over and over in almost every culture. So a myth usually comes from a real story. So were they gigantic fire-breathing dragons? I don't know. But I do believe that they had to come from somewhere. So I do think that they were real. Dinosaurs, on the other hand, the problem I have with it is that everything you see in the museum isn't real. So why would I believe it? They're all you know, reconstituted, they're all casted and molded. It's not real. So to me, until I see them pull one out of the ground, the whole thing, I don't believe it. Zero to 10, the Bible. Uh, 
you got to get me here. It's a book about a bunch of men written by a bunch of men. It's so, history, not her story. Shout well, it. Damn it. I'm going to say five. I think a lot of it is still mythology. I feel like you might be hedging your bets a little bit there on the five. That's okay. I know. I'm not really sure I even feel that really. Well, but I want to ask, what about talking snakes? Does Because there's so much mythology about snakes talking, do you think that that was a reality at some point? Or is that just a construct? The whole basilisk and the parcel tongue and parcel mouth, all of it. Like, yeah, the, there's a lot of mythology around that. So I think possibly maybe the dragons were the ones that were speaking. What if it just has to do with reptilian people? Touche. Maybe, maybe the dragons are the talking snakes and it's all one yeah. and the same. Yeah. Okay, I'll see that. I'll see that. Well, because if you think of like the Garden of Eden, too, you know, when God punished the snake, he said, you'll slither on your belly. So what did it do before? Maybe it was a dragon. It was flying around. Maybe had little feet, like a little centipede. That would be kind of crazy. Like a snake yeah. with thousands of feet and little, little toes. Like Falcor or something with a bunch of feet. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe all snakes used to be like Falcor and they screwed it up for themselves <laughs> because they gave some chicken apple and she ate it. That's what I think. Where where are you at on Christianity as a whole? Do you think Christ was a real a real living flesh, you know, flesh inhabited person? Or is that a construct? Whether, whether he was or not, he's become a big enough pendulum or egregore that the energy around it is definitely real. And I think it's all good. Everything that Christ said was good. So Christianity as a whole is it's messed up. And and I can say this as a person who's like sat there and used to read her Bible every single day. And I was so wrapped up in it. But once I got freed from religion, I feel like you're missing a lot of the points by getting wrapped up in the Bible. So it comes down to relationship with the creator. And sometimes you just need to look at yourself as part of the creator. You're a fractal of it. So it's not external. Christ is always saying, I am my father are one. He's saying I am and I am to you should mean the same thing. So that's a fair point. I I think the Bible's okay. It's not yeah. that great because if it was, they would have written a third in the series, but they stopped after two. And usually that means that the book's <laughs> not that great if yeah. they stop only after the first two. I'm I feel you on that. That's a good point. What about Lucifer? Is Lucifer a good guy or a bad guy? Well, kind of like the whole law of one thing. Because if God created Lucifer and he's all-knowing, omnipotent, omniscient, all that, then he serves God. Whether or not we... Even the demons. It all serves the one. So, you know, negative polarities are always catalyst for growth one way or another is this you defending jeffrey epstein is he just a catalyst for growth does he have to be the low so that someone else can be the high does it even exist <laughs> is the is JFK assassination a particle or a wave <laughs> that's what i'm saying you yeah. f- you get it <laughs> <laughs> So uh, where where else were oh Bigfoot? You said Bigfoot. I think was like a ten. No, or am I getting no, that wrong? not ten. 
I don't okay. remember what I said, but I didn't say 10, but I, it was higher I, than dog man. Yeah. I think that it's plausible. I mean, they just see it in enough places. And, and in my head, the science part of my brain is saying, I think that these are failed human experiments. Possibly. I think that they've been manipulating genetics and DNA for a long time. We know this when we see like ligers and mules and stuff. So why couldn't we have a species that was maybe part human, part ape, and they just released it into the wild and it can't really reproduce because it probably has ultra low sperm count. So in my head, I, (laughs) so I just feel like it's definitely plausible. And shout out to uh, Russian scientist Ilya Ivovanich, who created the, or claimed to have created the Humanzi, which was a, a cross between, arguably, despite the name, I think it was either a gorilla or even a, an orangutan, I believe, that he was trying to breed with people to create Russian super soldiers. So, oh, wow. Maybe that's part of it. What about ghosts? Yeah. I see ghosts as totally different. Like, I don't see them as what we think they are. I just think that time's not linear. It's layered. So everything that happened in this house right here, right now, like that's currently happening, all the past and present is here too. So sometimes I think you can kind of peek between the layers. So I don't think that you're being haunted or anything like that. Just maybe somebody has really dense energy and they're in their timeline and you're in your timeline, but you know, it's very evident sometimes overlapping. I don't think time time isn't a line like we think. Do you think money can be interdimensional? Like if money represents energy and potential energy and and focus and everything, like is that an interdimensional thing? Like could we ever spend money interdimensionally, do you think? That's above my pay grade. That's like that's some deep thinking. <laughs> what do you I think? I mean, it feels like the Russian hackers could ask John D's computer this question. They probably could. You could probably ask any computer that question, though, in the dream space. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust any computer other than John D's. We though. just want John D's. Yeah. Do, do we know what kind no. of computer he has? Was it like a compact? Was it like a gateway? Was it an Apple II GS? Did he play Oregon Trail on it? Can it run Doom? Mm, I'll have to get back on you, or I'll see. I'll find the details, and I'll see. Because a computer could be an abacus, but I want to. I want to imagine that he's running like a brand new rig that could handle Call of Duty 4 with all the settings turned up. Well, probably not Call of Duty 4 because I'm thinking like this was in the 1990s. So if it happened in the 90s, we'd be looking at Okay, well, at, he could have like, played Wolfenstein. Yeah, exactly. Wolfenstein or, you know, what is but it also, called? If it's, it's non-linear and Mind-tuber. if he had access to a computer in the 90s, wouldn't that, wouldn't that go to say that he probably has an iPad by now at least? Oh, for sure. He's got to because... If it's your dream space and you're seeing him there, then you could probably create that. Yeah, so I guess that's a good question. Was did any of them see the real John D, or is this just like their dream version of a John D and they're extracting knowledge from it a la Akashic Records without actually going into John D's real library? Well, that's a really good question, but John D's library, since it existed here, would exist there. So whether it's their own fabricated version of it or if it's the actual library, I guess it wouldn't really matter. What matters is that the information was there. 
Do you think you could develop like a romantic relationship with John D in the dream world? Um, me personally, no, because he doesn't. Well, not you personally, but if, if <laughs> so just he, anyone he doesn't out do there. it for me. You can with any dream character, probably. I mean, because look, when you first start lucid dreaming, <laughs> that's usually where your mind goes. <laughs> At least it did for me. Like, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I was like, oh, dream. Who, yeah, who was on the list? <laughs> who were the first three visits when you were dr- flying around lucid dreaming? Um, it was, it was. <laughs> randoms <laughs> yeah okay. it wasn't like that it was just you know random dream characters Sl- and then i was like into okay the, wait is that kind of rapey DMs. like if i'm making them have sex with me <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't do that <laughs> is that a is that like an egregious uh power imbalance that if like you if you're powerful in the dream realm and you're forcing yourself on these dream npcs is that problematic in 2024 i think it can be I mean, if they're just dream NPCs, I guess you don't. Maybe, have to but see isn't, it that, that isn't that sort of like a like a boss worker relationship or like a teacher student relationship? Like some things are off limits if there's a inherent power imbalance. And I feel like if you're a dream warrior and you're interacting with your dream NPCs, there's a power imbalance there. That's not that's not cool in 2024. Yeah, well, especially you know if it's not consensual. <laughs> Do they have an, uh, could it be a non consent I guess your NPC turned you down. That would be a big blow to your ego that if you're like lucid dreaming and you're like, let's go bang. And they're just like, you're not my type. Like, what the <laughs> hell? This is my dream. And you're, t- you're turning me down. Well, because that's the thing is that you're not all powerful in the dream space. There are things that are off limits. You can try to do, you know, you can experiment as much as you want. You can have all these ideas of what you want to do or how you want the dream to change, but it's not always going to reflect exactly what you want. Is it, are we talking like a monkey paw scenario or like, uh, yeah, like you sometimes make the it wish is. And the genies like, ha ha ha. And they like, you get a million dollars, but I stole it from, you know, this orphanage. Now all the children die. Here's your million. Well, that's what, because the dream hackers tell you to reach out to them in the dream space. So if you want to meet with them and you want to learn from them, then that's how you find them. So I was having this lucid dream and it was like a seven part lucid dream. I'd wake up and then I'd go back to sleep and I'd be lucid dreaming. And it was the whole night. It was really awesome. But at one point I asked to meet one of the dream hackers and I called him by name. We'll come to, I forget though, that he's one who is dead now. So I asked to meet him and it said, some things are just fiction. This is a dream told me. Did that just like come out of the like the air, like like mm-hmm. the voice of God? Yeah, I it would be what I what I would perceive to be the dreaming emissary. That's what Carlos Castaneda calls it. Like, there's all these what he calls inorganic beings. They're they are real beings. They have consciousness, but they don't have a body, so they're inorganic. And um, that's who inhabitate or inhabit inhabits the dream of space but he calls one in particular the dreaming emissary and it's the dreaming emissary will teach you dreaming but i've pissed the dreaming emissary off so it doesn't talk to me very often can you just put him in like a like a rear naked chokehold me like let me in <laughs> i don't know no <laughs> i feel like i'm a guest in their world I mean, it's it's your dream. I, I guess a good question, though. Like, isn't it your dream and your dream world? Or are you just entering like this global? Is it, is it like international maritime law 
waters it, like no one owns it it's the collective unconscious like so what carl jung would call the collective unconscious is it is collective so my dreaming is not just my dreaming it's a it's an actual place and it's a place that i go every night but i just go to one little sector usually you just sit. so this goes ties into the whole dream mapping like the dream space is infinite but you know, I usually just go to this one little sector, you know, this one little neighborhood or, you know, one little area. That's where I frequent. You frequent over here on, you know, this little sector. So it's Do not you have that... like noisy dream neighbors. Mm, I mean, you're like, turn down maybe. that dream music. I can place a lot of people on my sometimes or like the dream when I'm talking to the dream and the, when I ha- have the dreaming emissary or whatever read to me it'll talk really quiet like this. And then I'm like, it makes me so mad. So I've yelled at it. I'm like, I can't hear you. Like I'm so mean in the dream space and I'm not normally <laughs> like that, but I'm like, I'm bossy. So then it it'll sounds like you, you feel very entitled in this dream realm. I do. And I think because I Are know you my a dream time Karen? is limited. <laughs> Are you asking for managers at any point in your, in your lucid dreams? I just, want to do it all and i don't want delays because i don't know when the next time will be so i just feel like my time is limited obviously my energy is limited and so this is some karen energy i just got to throw it out there (laughs) like i've saved all year to go on this trip to disney world how dare you not let me sit in this seat that i wanted do you know who i am (laughs) like yeah lady get in the get in the ride no wonder why they don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't let this lady in for the next year. She's banned. <laughs> She's a bitch. We are not doing that anymore. So yeah. we're we're wrapping up here. Uh, this I we got way deeper into the Russian dream hacker space than I was expecting to, and I'm glad because it was super awesome. Is there? What did we leave? uh for next time like what what's what are like some of the cool highlights that we didn't even touch on that would entice someone to want to know more about these russian dream hackers and lucid dreaming dream mapping dream labyrinths like more lucid dreaming experiments um yeah i mean there there's so much that there's so much so so we'll do a follow-up maybe we'll talk about dream mapping and uh dream neighborhoods sounds really cool i want to get more into like the dream i guess it's sort of the same thing where you're like mapping out like a a physical or like an like an ethereal physical space right yeah and it's also a lucid dreaming technique but it's also once you start doing it it's supposed to cause cause explosive dream recall where you remember every dream we've ever had that sounds wild. That sounds like it does. Has have Isn't you ever it? come across uh, the concept of like a dream world virus? Like if there's dream hackers, could they write a dream virus that goes out and like ruins dreams for people? Ruins dreams? I don't know, but I know that they have like the same idea as Inception. In the book, they actually plant a physical virus in a person and mm-hmm. make them sick and age faster. Because it's all subconsciously planted. So in your body is your subconscious. People don't realize that they think it's your brain, but it's your body. Well, that's not too scary because I trust the WHO and everything that they come out with. So even if that did happen, there would be a very (laughs) viable (laughs) and very acceptable solution that we all are advocating for, not against, clearly. 
but like I, I guess I guess outside of like a virus that harms also I guess the new trend for writing viruses is that you almost make like a bot network so you upload a virus somewhere and then it installs itself somewhere and it starts mining bitcoin or farming addresses or whatever but then it also reaches out to any computers in its network and it installs that same thing so at a certain point you basically have this botnet of like thousands of people's computers that are all just either you know mining bitcoin or farming random information on sites so i guess if there was a version of like a dream virus it would be a way to install something into you as you're dreaming so that now when you go back into the dream world and you don't remember it or you don't have control over it someone else is like using you in your dream state to research information or go and do tasks um almost like a zombie or like an like a dream slave right and getting you to do all this stuff and you wake up you don't remember any of it so i i would just i just wonder if that's even a possibility because if it is that sounds like a cool line of work to be in it, if you think it could be a possibility then it's a possibility uh oh it exists it's there so uh oh yeah i got a lot of weird ideas that i hope they aren't all <laughs> real possibilities well that's why like that lucid dreaming halo thing that's kind of scary it's awesome like it's an awesome idea for but it's also scary because because it's like giving yeah, sh- magic shout to out people to that maybe this, shouldn't have it this place is get me a get me a freaking affiliate code or something you know let me let me yeah. get my whistle wet a little bit here throw me a bone I'll, I'll plug you guys abby's on board she said she dropped two grand for this thing no question but i'm not gonna let her I'm not going to allow Abby Dream Master J to even look at this anymore unless I get an affiliate code from you guys from Prophetica AI, Prophetic AI. Give me a, give me a freaking, you know, let's, let's get me some money here and then I'll, I'll pump your product. Yeah. We want until then I feel like it's dangerous and don't touch it. Absolutely. <laughs> once we get, once it gets the paranoid American seal of approval, we'll start rolling these things out the door. Oh, I forgot to wear my Paranoid American sticker. I was going to put it on like a tattoo. Well, number two, actually, we're going to all be getting Paranoid American tattoos pretty soon. Everyone first and then yes, I'll go. I just want to make sure everyone gets theirs so they can pick them out and then I'll pick whatever's left over. So. Well, I'm going to practice and like post it on Instagram so you can see like okay. doing bodybuilder <laughs> poses. I'm going to figure I, that out would be I'm awesome, man. I, I need to. I'm going to. Are there any conspiracy theorists in the bodybuilder space or are they just like too focused on whey protein to care? Well, there are some smart people. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying intelligence. I mean, more of like a capacity of focus, because I just imagine a lot of the people that are just like, I can't read about what's happening on Little St. James right now. I'm analyzing my body fat percentage and my skin elasticity, and I'm doing all these other tests on myself. Well, usually if you're really a, a good bodybuilder, you you pay somebody else to do all the thinking part for you. You just got to execute. So you <laughs> just have that you have good dis- discipline. Okay. So I don't have to do any of my own thinking. Like I just have to do what, what's in my plan. And then I've got time to, you know, con- conspiracy something. <laughs> <laughs> so are there, are there Inspire? other like truthers in the, uh, in the, the bodybuilding community? Is there like a little miniature network of, of, you know, anti-woke bodybuilders? You know, not, not that I've met any, but I feel like people start asking me questions and then, then I start asking questions. Cause you know, I can't, you can't just come out and be like, Oh yeah, this was totally an inside job. You have to 
kind of oh, see I do. what I totally what, do. Oh, do I'll, I'll go out and I'll just be like, let's talk about Fritz Springmeyer's Illuminati mind control slave uh, handbook. And they're like, sir, this is a Wendy's, but that doesn't stop me. <laughs> well, I kind of go more Cheney here and I'm like, okay, well, well, let me ask you this question. I annoy people really bad because they'll ask me a question, you know, what do you think about the moon landing? I'm like, well, what do you think about NASA? What do you think about, you know, I'll ask all these questions and then, but it's you think really- they accidentally erased over those tapes. How smart do you think they really are? What kind of operation do you think they're running where you accidentally erase over uh, like the most monumental achievement in human history so that it can never be scrutinized again in the future? You think that tinfoil craft made it to the moon? <laughs> I got bigger problems than that, too. Just a track record of how many times they put out uh, photos and video and they were like, oops, we forgot to mention that this wasn't real. This was just like a practice run. Oops. You know, we forgot to add that little byline. It happened enough times that, uh, yeah, it makes me question it. It's so sketchy. If only they had tape. If only they had the tape. That's all they had to do. Don't erase the tape. Yeah, it's so bizarre. So, that, but that's kind of my more method i've that i like to test where people are on their pills you know have they had the blue pill yet or the red pill have they had the red pill yet because if they haven't had it then i've got to see you know i gotta scaffold it you gotta scaffold that's a teaching concept but you know what happens if someone has the black pill do you try and dial that back are they a lost cause are they just on their own mission that's when i go into the whole importance thing because I used to be that way, especially what, when I was into pill? Christianity. Like, like yeah. Analogy? Oh my gosh. Yeah. But don't you feel like it's all doom and gloom? I, I feel like that's like the message of Christianity sometimes too, especially if you're into the whole end times theology of it all. So to me, it's like what really what kept me from being at that place was reality transurfing because it just taught me that nothing's important, you know, which sounds so dismissive but once you let go of importance in <laughs> most areas Keep of your life mopey, bitches. we're going surfing <laughs> that's what's up yeah <laughs> i gotta be here once i may as well fucking live it right and not in a bad uh, way but may as well create uh, well, the life i want tell uh tell people where they can find you one more time and we'll wrap up you can find me on instagram and i'm abstract one and you can find me on Telegram in the Project Cheney chat. And on YouTube, I'm frequent the Blue Collar Mystics. We're doing a reality transurfing podcast and the Secret Society of Good Guys. Oh, yeah. Shout out Bootsy. Shout out Cheney. Shout out Layla, Gordy, everybody. And if you're watching this right now, imagine yourself pulling out your wallet and pulling out your credit card and entering those details into paranoidamerican.com here's chosen1.com go visit chosen1.com it's easy to remember if you just sing along chosen1.com go visit chosen1.com the chosen one yes he is the chosen one he's got his own comic and now he's got his own song Cause he's the chosen one Yes, he is the chosen one Go buy a copy at Chosenone.com Chosenone.com Go visit Chosenone.com It's easy to remember 
if you just sing along Chosenone.com Go visit Chosenone.com Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.